Welcome to the Keep It Moving Podcast. From an aimless kid to a Navy veteran traveling the world, join Andy and his guests in discussing the before, the during, and the after of military life and more. Here's your host, Andy Lane. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Keeping It Moving with Andy Lane podcast. Today, we have two special guests. We have two very close friends of mine. We have John Martin and Ralph Derson, and they're going to tell you a little bit about themselves first before we kick off the podcast and get into some old-time stories and maybe even throw some sea stories in there. Who even knows? Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is John. I've been in the Navy for just about 10 years now. I've served on the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower, where I met the wonderful host, Andrew. From there on, I, I went and worked for NATO, which was one of the most interesting tours anybody could imagine. And, uh, and I'm currently serving here in a Naval Special Warfare Billet. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been to about eight different countries with the Navy alone and a couple on my own. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Nice, nice. Ralph, what about you? Andy, thanks for having me. Ralph, I am a yeoman currently serving in NSW command. I worked at the first command at USS Dwight D. Eisenhower and Jeb Little Creek Fort Story, base admin. I have been to seven different countries, 17 different desks, and four gray cubicles. Navy's been a blast. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man. All right. So I guess we'll just start from the beginning. Ralph, I believe I met you through John, right? Between me and John, I've been racking my brain about how we ever met, and I'm pretty sure I nailed it to like the first thing I ever said to him was probably hour two on my first day on the ship, and I was like, Jesus, I need a Jack and Coke. And he's like, oh, I got some. <laughs> so, I mean, after that, the next two months, because it was during that uh, two-month port visit you guys had in Norfolk when we were resurfacing the flight deck. You mean when we came back from deployment to go back on deployment? Yeah. Yeah. And then probably when we went on that next, when we went on that next part of the deployment, I think like the second day me and John started hanging out and we occasionally, I occasionally met you in the smoke pit because John knew who you were and everything, but we really didn't start hitting it off and becoming friends until we made it to the barge in uh, Portsmouth at the shipyard. That seems about right. And, uh, you know, as awkward as it is to think, I met Andy because he was my first boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I had a conversation with my oldest brother about that, too. He's like, how did you and John, like, kind of, like, link up or whatever? And I'm like, dude, he used to work for me. And he goes, wait, what? <laughs> and I had to explain that story to him. And I'm like, yeah, no, the dynamic changed. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, hell, I've got two guys in here that essentially raised me and probably kept me from a lot of trouble coming up yeah but i'm pretty sure you could have done that on your own but then you got ralph who was in you were with the bosun's mates right when i left the ike i went i was a freaking i was a complete suitcase in the three years on that ship i went from <laughs> engineering to legal to safety to deck and everything and i actually like really just got the excuse like oh no you'll be good here and then finally our chief was just like, no, we moved you around because we don't want you to be comfortable and you need to be humbled sometimes. But I'm like, oh, thanks. Cheers to that. That's a weird timing to get humbled in the Navy. Here's your first, you know, a couple of years in the Navy. Be humbled. What? Well, I mean, I joined at 26, so I wasn't a typical E3 and below. I lived and worked in the outside world and had to support myself and everything. So it's like I had a fair amount of life experience before I joined. 
Isn't that crazy, though, to come in with life experience and have all of these people who have never worked a day in their life, and they're essentially your boss? Oh, God. Ralph's number one complaint. That was my worst double standard. How old I was, and then my rank. It was always one or the other, whichever benefited anything. Really? It was just there you're older, you should know better. I was like, oh, you're an E3, what do you know? Right, right. You're an E2, actually, you're an E2. what do you know? Oh my, god. oh my god. I had a division officer on one of my ships, we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, she was um, slightly younger. I think she was a either an ensign or lieutenant JG. And there was a group of us, and the group just happened to be around the same age, 28 to 30... We'll call it 35 because I think it was the oldest person. So between 34 and 35. But in the middle of the conversation, she's like, hey, if you guys ever need to like talk to anybody about, you know, what life is like or anybody who's had like life experience, like I'm here for you if you need to talk. And the whole table just turned and looked at each other like, what the fuck is she talking about? Does she not realize that we all are 10 years older than she is? Well, I mean, that was nice of her to say, but, like, what is she going to tell you? Like, how to cook ramen and how to live off ramen freaking in the dorm room that she just left two years ago? You're 10 years out of that phase at that point. At least. I mean, I had a whole life before I joined the Navy. It wasn't the most glamorous one, but I had a whole life. And, I mean, to be fair, the only gourmet to cook ramen is getting the chicken ramen and cooking up some chicken breast and throwing it in there oh that's actually not a bad idea oh it's fantastic i watched somebody on tiktok the other day use milk instead of water for what to make ramen i feel like i gotta go to church and pray on that one that's that's almost a sin well i'll do it with hot chocolate maybe but not some noodles what hot hot chocolate noodles what What? even that's even worse about that very quick wait you don't Use milk to make your hot chocolate. Oh, I thought you. Were, we both thought you were saying using hot chocolate to make ramen. That'd be f- probably delicious. Oh. I'm probably on no. something, and I should patent that no. idea while I still have a chance. You probably should, but I'm in 100% agreement with you. You make hot chocolate with milk. Yeah, you you warm up some milk and throw the powder in there. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that. Oh, I thought you guys were psycho for a second. Oh no, which, no, no. To be fair, I've been thinking that for almost 10 years. So no, you just gotta boil the water, pour the water in. There it is. <laughs> I was waiting for the spots. <laughs> well, I mean, thinking that we're psycho, John, I think the first time you actually thought that I was psycho, when we were in, when we hit Dubai and we went out to the Sunset Safari. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think we have to explain it to everybody first off, right? A little bit. Yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah. 19 years old. Were you? Th- no, you weren't that young. My best friend. I sure was. I thought you were 20. I, okay, you're right. I just turned 20 right before we pulled out for that deployment, right? Yeah. Same thing. But I met you when I was 19. Yeah. And I'm 19 years old. My best friend is 26 years old. My boss is what 28 at the time 28 yeah who and i mean to be fair we didn't hang out too much on first deployment you had the other boys around yep and i think we started linking up afterwards but yeah we couldn't stay out overnight and he just thought of us as peasants yeah exactly yep it's not like that (laughs) so i'm this small child running around with these older fellows and literally just trying to keep up (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you go in the line because the line was 45 people deep on that when we stopped and everything. We both just grabbed sunset. Yeah, they take you out in the uh, forerunners out into the desert, going through the sand dunes and everything. Yeah, go on the sand dunes. It's uh, 
I mean, okay. It's like mudding in the Middle East, I guess is what you yeah. could compare it to. Was that in Bahrain or Dubai? Dubai. Oh, Dubai. Mm, so Bahrain's an island the size of a gum wrapper. I mean, you're not going on any sand dunes there. <laughs> no, but you were crazy there too, guy. Uh, <laughs> Bahrain had some nice uh, JJ's and then the Irish pub bar or whatever. I think that was JJ's. A little American Alley. Yeah. yeah. Then again. Were you guys there when they were burning the tires on American Alley? No. No. In Bahrain, we basically went to Bennigan's, got the freaking pictures of Long Island iced teas, then hustled back to the base. I never made it to Bennigan's. Not once. Oh, my God. Oh, they had pictures of mixed beverages you missed out. Yeah. And when we say pictures, is like pictures of beer. It was like 10 bucks US or something like that. Oh, yeah. And we just stuck a straw in them and sent it. Yep. Visited the Looney Bin a couple of times. Well, at least one night there. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed in the Kapinski. That really nice, like, four-star hotel. Yeah, we couldn't stay overnight, Andrew. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. Rub it in. Uh, Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, fine. So, in my superior rank, I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> <No>. Wow! <laughs> no, so I had my Liberty Buddies, and then we had, like, the, was it 2 o'clock curfew or midnight curfew or whatever it was, and, um... For everybody even staying out regardless. And I remember we stopped off at like the little shitty cheap McDonald's or whatever on the way back to the hotel after going out drinking or whatever. And I remember being drunk and I guess in the cab. Well, before we even made it back to the hotel, Lav, my roommate at the time, told the cab driver who it's one of those British cabs where you're like facing backwards. Oh, and I guess that didn't settle well with him. So we're in like the middle of this alley and Lab's like, pull over, pull over, pull over. And he opens the door. And as soon as he opens the door, he just pukes in the middle of the street. And by I'm like, holy, f- okay, we got to go. So, you know, he finishes up. We close the door. We make it back to the hotel. Apparently I had punctured the bottom of one of the, uh, one of the Coke cups. And I'm walking through this marble floored hotel room or hotel lobby. And I'm talking to the guy because I'm drunk. I'm trying to be friendly or whatever. And I'm like, hey, buddy, what's going on? And I'm like swinging this McDonald's bag around with like some double cheeseburgers in it. And I'm just spilling soda all over this man's floor while I'm talking to him. And he's trying to get my attention. And I'm like, yeah, man. Hey, what's going on? Like thinking he's trying to carry on a normal conversation. And I look down and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I ran. (laughs) <laughs> i ran to the elevators yeah <laughs> like you weren't staying in his hotel <laughs> yeah you know what happens when something's spilling it just creates a trail no matter where you go oh, so yeah. i had a trail i had a trail of coke like all the way to the elevators and that man oh i felt so bad by the time i made it to the hotel room that drink was empty anyway we'll just reconfirm that that's coca-cola right it could have been yeah <laughs> but, okay yeah, yeah questionable my question about that is was it carpeted when you got to your floor where the uh room was at or was it still marble i don't remember anything i don't remember much past getting to the elevator but i do know that the elevator didn't have carpet in it and then that's it so essentially you turned the elevator into a coke bath probably fantastic yeah awesome probably uh, we only stayed there one night. <laughs> Thank God. Hey, we weren't there very long, were we? No, I think we were there four days. I've been there six times. I think that time we were there for four because I think, John, me and you had duty when we pulled in. That sounds about right. Yeah, then the second day we went out, third day we went out, and then, I mean, the fourth day, there was just nothing to really go out to do since we were pulling out at 12. What was nice, though, was... Bahrain had that, like, the live band, and then they had, like, what's that other stuff? They had, like, the rock climbing wall, the movie theater, and all that stuff. In- they had a ton of stuff. I paid that DJ 50 euros to play freaking Friends in Low Places, because he wouldn't put it on otherwise. Oh, Jesus. And the entire ship 
sang it. Oh, yeah. It was a banana lands. It was the best thing I'd ever seen. Witness the oh, it was great. Floyd Americans singing. That was like 4,000 people singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was amazing. I, I, I got a great Bahrain story. Not to take it from you, Ralph. I mean, you uh, go ahead, Johnny. You probably tell it a little bit better, but I know my eyes went wide when I saw what was happening. <laughs> we got done at Bennigan's, and it was after I couldn't finish my second pitcher of Long Island iced teas. Uh, again, I was a young kid still learning the ways of life. And just to specify, the drinking age over there is significantly lower. Absolutely, eighteen. Yeah, it was all 18 where we went. Yeah, okay. I just, just want to specify that. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the ship follows the host nation's rules. So yeah. I was totally within my right to drink there. <laughs> so Ralph, you know, generously volunteers to finish my pitcher for me. Yeah. Great guy, which would be his third one of the night. Stand-up guy. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, fantastic. So those are the types of friends you keep around, you know? And, uh, well, you know what? You can't let alcohol just sit and go to waste. Exactly. Exactly. It'd be rude of you. So yeah, we get back on base. Liberty expires, or at least outside Liberty expires. We get back on base and we're at that little party. You guys were just talking about the concert, the DJ, all that good stuff. And, uh, we figured out that you get pitchers of beer. And if you're not an idiot, you could just drink it straight out of the pitcher. So you just get a pitcher of your <laughs> beer for yourself and start sending back pitchers of beer. Right. So we're sitting there, you know, we got plenty of admin crew around. I mean, just, you know, a bunch of people hanging out. You're probably off trashing some four-star hotel. Live your own life. Live your own life. (laughs) (laughs) So we're sitting there, and uh, Ralph was in engineering at the time. And Chang's, what, the third highest ranking guy on the ship? It's like commanding officer, executive officer, and then the chief engineer, Chang. I think it was, no, one ops then, I think. Okay. Reactor and Chang. I thought Chang was up there just because he made 06. Regardless, not relevant. Oh, yeah. That part, yeah. Ralph's direct boss, of all people, is hanging out with the CO and the XO. And uh, we're gassing pitchers of beer. And these three, you know, higher-ups, CO, XO, Chang, walk up right behind them. And uh, my eyes just went wide. I think Ralph turned around at that point. <laughs> we all just kind of did a, oh, shit. And uh, was it Chang said to you? Or was it Skipper? No, the CO, the Skipper, gave me, like, it was kind of about a five-second pause. The Chang just, like, it was a hand-in-head moment. He's like, oh, God. And then the CO was like, well done, shipmate. You deserve that. And then gave me a high five. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, oh, my God. I I turned white as a ghost and I was just like, yeah, cool. I turned back and everybody else is just like, what just happened? I'm like, I think I might be screwed tomorrow. <laughs> we were just sitting the next day waiting around for our uh, like notice to come to Liberty Risk Board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Never heard a word about it. Oh, my God. Nope, I didn't. It was kind of one of those when I got into the office when we pulled back out, and it was just the head nod and wasn't even acknowledged. Perfect. Keep it moving. Boss man. <laughs> Boss man. <laughs> I see what you did there. Well done. Nice. Nicely done. Bahrain was a lot of fun. It was a little warm, though, so you didn't quite know, like... It's in the middle of the fucking desert, Andy. But do you dress for the sun, or do you dress for the heat? Like, which one? Uh... You wear light, long-sleeved clothing. Yeah, I was told to wear a collared shirt. Which I didn't understand that policy. Had to wear a collared shirt. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't wear any. You had to wear a collared shirt. You couldn't wear pants after 
dark i think and the second you come you can wear shorts after dark yeah shorts. shorts yeah shorts after dark sorry and then they tell us you go out of the base and everything like that going left that's fine going right no you do not go right do not go right i'm like what like I that did story they told us all right before we got off the ship like hey yeah there was a ied and a dumpster right outside the gate like a week before we pulled in yeah i'm glad we're here i don't know how <laughs> not okay yeah thanks for pulling us <laughs> in guys <laughs> i really feel like if we were told that now we would be like yeah sure okay i think that was just navy fuck fuck games <laughs> high possibility of that and i mean it's our first year in so we don't know any better no no and that sounds like you know something i should be concerned about yeah andy the next port visit on there where did you go when we went to portugal what did you do that's a good one <laughs> I, uh, me and my Liberty buddies got off the boat and immediately got into a cab and spent a hundred dollars to drive away from the ship. Sounds about like what we did. We didn't know it was a hundred bucks until we got there. We did that whole dumb touristy thing where no meter, no just whatever. And then when we got there, he's like, okay, a hundred. We're like, oh, fuck. all right. We were far though. We, we went pretty far. Where'd we pull into? Lisbon. Lisbon. So we pulled into Lisbon and we took a cab to Sesimbra. So that's like basically on the water. Huh nice and we had a hotel okay so it's a 40 minute drive from lisbon to sesimbra okay so the fact that it was 100 euro i mean that's not the worst that's pretty good no it was 100 american oh 100 we're gonna talk about the fact that he said we were right on the water like we didn't just pull in on a ship true we went from one water to like yeah that's fair okay we went to the beach so we you know that sounds like what a california guy would say it was like freaking oh yeah i'm in damn la slash freaking all that venice down there but i went up to malibu are we kidding right now yes oh my god (laughs) cali boy over here give me a break oh my god but so when we got there we pulled into this nice hotel which i can't remember the name of overlooked the beach but everything was like terracotta tile. Like it was just the most random. It looked like a Mexican villa, dude. It was rad. And I was like, all right, cool. So we get into our hotel room or whatever. And it's like a suite. It's like big and spread out. Everybody has their own like sleeping area and, and whatever. And then we just basically sit on the balcony and we just do Jaeger bombs for like two hours until we get up enough strength to just go downstairs and go into the beach, which happens to be a topless beach, more or less. I would say it was more like a nude beach at this point people were just walking around they didn't give a shit they were doing whatever they wanted they didn't care what anybody had to say about it they were playing volleyball just because you guys showed up naked doesn't make it a nude beach andy yeah like so how did that conversation go it was like at the beginning of your like in euro trip yeah I'm, like all you and all you guys are like oh we're gonna go and there was just a sausage fest i was just living my best life girl i was a bachelor girl, <laughs> <was> a b- girl. <laughs> I was a bachelor. I was living, you know, whatever. And uh, what was really cool, so we went out one night, and we ended up coming back towards where the ship was, about 20 minutes. And uh, there was this place called Urban, it's like Urban City or something like that. That sounds like one of those discounted places in the mall. It does. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it was nice. Like, it, it was, yeah, Urban something. It was huge. Like, it was all like a big spread out compound, basically. And we go up to the door. This is after we've been to the bar, like a couple different bars around the area. And we did like um, absinthe and like all this like crazy weird shit. So we go up to the door and the guy's like, no, 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 private party. And I'm like, fuck, I know what that means. All right, cool. We're not local. We're not welcome here. Got it. Turn around and walked away. So we started walking over the sky bridge back over to the other side of the street where all those little like little bars were. And this group of girls was like, hey, did you just try to go in there? And uh, it's like me and three other guys. 
We're like, yeah, they didn't want us in there. They told us, you know, private party. And she's like, no, that's because you're not from here. We're like, oh, okay. She's like, no, 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 come with us. It's fine. So she goes up to the door. The girl's like, yeah, they're with us. They're with us. The guy's like, no, 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 I told you, private party. And she turns around. She's like, no, they are with us. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude, we're going in. So they give you a credit card and they charge or... It has a $50 limit on it, and that's how you buy drinks inside. That way you don't have to keep opening tabs or whatever. They just swipe the card. And then once you use it to the max and then pay it off, you can increase the limit, and that's how you keep increasing. It just doubles every single time. You can't leave until you fully pay off that card. Uh (laughs) Yeah, it gets real savage. Because when I get drunk, I'm like, hey, let's just buy drinks for everyone. Yes. Yes, you do. Right. But like we're in there and this place is like going crazy. There's like tons of different rooms with different DJs. There's a dude with the hor- the rubber horse mask on. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yep. This took a ridiculous turn. It was the most savage party ever. And we left at six in the morning. So the sun was like coming up as we were leaving. We were like go to leave and they're like, you have to swipe your card to leave. And I was like, I'm not doing that because I know how much my card is. <laughs> and so I was like, fuck, dude, like, I don't know if I can like afford all these drinks that I bought. Oh, man. So I like swipe the card and they're like, all right, it's $100. And I'm like, wait, what? And I guess like the whole night, like other people had been like taking my drinks and paying for them. And I didn't realize that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So all the like drinks that I've been ordering had been shared like amongst a bunch of other people. And I'm like, thank God. No kidding. I was thinking it was going to be like somewhere around $500, which granted I could probably pay for like, you know. Fuck in the middle of the ocean for a month. Of course you could pay for it. Right. But like who wants to spend $500 on alcohol? Andy. That they didn't drink. Andy, yeah. You, still you. You do that shit to this day. That's accurate. Yeah, but more so with my friends than anybody else, though. I was going to say, speaking of which, when you come back down, you know, yeah. trying to run up a bar tab. Yeah, I was like, you guys thirsty? Yeah, I know. You already know. Exactly. Let's use that Amex black card, apparently, that you got. Oof. Nope. Um, That's okay, though. <laughs> John, I wonder if we were supposed to get a card for the bar we went to that uh, when we were in Portugal. No way, man. <laughs> like, I mean, we didn't get asked to scan it out, but I mean, like, we almost did the exact same thing you did. We took a cab and we probably went 15 miles down the coastline in Lisbon. Like, get us away from the ship. Yeah. I don't want to see anybody. I feel like we were on a river, right? Honestly, I think we went that far. It was a river that went into the little bay they got yeah. there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I remember seeing from our hotel room, which was shaped like a, what was it, a sailboat. I mean, I don't remember the place. I mean, I still got the robe just hanging in my bathroom right now. Oh, same. The robe came with the room. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> You said it came out of the house when you bought it? That's weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder how it's been in all four houses. It just magically appears. It's a Harry Potter robe. Yeah, somehow I ended up with uh, towels from Hawaii, one of the Royal Hawaii. Oh, uh, yeah. It just fell into your suitcase. It happens all the I time. I mean, it happened. I moved and then I unpacked and they were there. Right, housekeeping. I have never stayed at the Royal Hawaiian. Okay, that just got weird. <laughs> yeah, I have never <laughs> stayed there. And how many $500 tabs have you bought for people in Hawaii then that you just wind up in the random Royal Hawaiian? So I didn't uh, I didn't go out in Hawaii. Clearly you did. <laughs> right. I went out one time, actually. Uh, maybe twice. Wow. Was that type of night? You time traveled that bad? That Christmas party was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, you're, uh, you're having a baby. Shots. Yeah. Yeah, right? (laughs) All right, all right, all right. So that was a command Christmas party. But when it came to Hawaii, though, like I was just trying to like kind of work my way back into reality and coming back. And then, you know, the kid was 
like 11 months. He was almost a year old when I came back. When I left, he was two months, barely. So, uh, yeah, I kind of spent most of my time doing that. I had a couple barbecues at the house with, you know, people over. And that was one of the times that I went out was at the end of one of the barbecues. But after that, I stopped drinking. Like, I just kind of stopped doing everything. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, though, we got to revisit Portugal real quick. Okay. Because, Ralph, you take this one. We just get to the hotel. It's ridiculous. We check in and everything like that. We don't have our passports. They need copies of our passports. I'm like, oh, shit. This is going to be great. We freaking, they they wind up, I somehow just bullshit them into winding up taking copies of our driver's license. I don't know how the hell I managed that one. Oh, no. So yeah, I get to the hotel room and everything like that. I'm looking, I'm like, oh, there's no iron in here because, I mean, my decent shirts have been rolled up in my freaking rack since Dubai at that point. I'm like, yeah. I call down to the front desk asking for an iron. Oh, no, just uh, put the clothes in the closet. Okay. Okay, we go up to the pool for an hour, come back, all of our freaking shirts and everything are just freaking dry cleaned and pressed and steamed and still in freaking the plastic wrap. What? Oh, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. And, you know, us being poor, John was E4 at the time, but us being little poor sailors, thanks Papa Martin for that mini bar. (laughs) (laughs) Take that credit card. Edit that out, Andy. <laughs> oh, edit that out. You know how many times we've told him that shit? I don't care. That one needs to stay in on principle. <laughs> we go ask the concierge for a place to go, and she tells us a place, and the same exact thing happened to us that happened to you. Private party. You can't come in. Yeah, it's really big, apparently. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. So we're just sitting there. I mean, it's probably good that we didn't go into that place because how to get there, like the cab dropped us off, but going away, like you had to cross over freaking chain-link fences and railroad tracks, and it was just like, I felt like I was going to get shanked in the back by a crackhead. Were you guys hanging out in Portsmouth? What's up? Yeah, basically. Except a little schwankier. It was Lisbon, Portsmouth instead of Lisbon, Portugal. Sounds what it sounds like. Yeah. And then we just... We all of a sudden just hear this loud music. So like, let's go, let's go. Nice. Get closer, get closer. It's a little cul-de-sac size park with a beer cart just bumping music. <laughs> Bro, it was the saddest thing ever. I was so <laughs> pissed. John was just like, oh no, what are we going to do? I'm cursing to hell and back. We're out of damn ideas. We just want to go out, have a good time, and party. I'm losing my mind, and all of a sudden, I look over. I see four gorgeous girls just arm in arm together. And I'm just like, let's go. I, I just start smacking John. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. He's like, what? What I was like, shut up, follow me. Shut up, follow me. Nice. Kind of like I was just like you when we went to New York City when we crossed on a crosswalk. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Going to this bar, it's a 10 euro cover charge. I'm like, yeah, forget about it, whatever. Go to the bar. It's like five people deep, just stacked full of people. This place was not huge. No, it wasn't. It was the size of maybe my living room, if that. Okay. Yeah, and then we get there. I or- we order just four. I order four rum and cokes. I was like, "Yep, me and John get two. You know, standard procedure when to pack the bar so you can actually have something to sip on. Try paying." bartender just walks away so i do the nice thing i sit there for about five minutes nothing there's absolutely nothing i was like oh okay i guess this round's on the house cool shit thank you 
keep doing it again. Like after this third time, we're just like, it's an open bar. Has to be. It, it's like, this is an open bar. We're not. So we just get tanked. Just dying. 10 euros. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And then. Perfect. Like we've stayed out one day and night and. Portugal out of the four days, and it was definitely the best port visit just because of that. They had the casino that was in there too, made a little bit of money there. Wow, those are the best. Yeah, go to McDonald's on the way back to the ship and everything like that because, you know, I mean, you could buy Heineken's and McDonald's in Europe. So true. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have a Heineken McDonald's and then, you know, hair of the dog. Seeing as how I think we drank so much since it was free, I'm pretty sure we were still drunk leaving. That's great. Oh, high possibility. Yeah. yeah, we got back to the ship and everything like that, and freaking, I passed out in my rack at about one thirty, two o'clock, and then I'm like, wake up, and Midrats is done. I was like, damn it, I wanted food. Right, you're like, I'm so hungry. I remember we pulled in to Dubai, and like, Dubai has that weird sandbox thing that, you know, for people who want to get off the ship, but don't really want to go out in town. Oh, God. So they can go in that, like, that little sandbox area where they chill. The good thing about that, the really great thing about that is even if you were on duty, you can at least go down there and get some non-ship food that was there. The shawarmas? Duh. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were good. To die for. Your butthole died, but they were so good. Totally worth a good camel meat. Great, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. What was it? Two shawarmas and a Mountain Dew? Or a big Fanta bottle, and it was like six bucks or something like that. Oh, well, what about in the the uh, sandbox? The classiest ship, uh, the classiest uh, suit deal ever. Three piece suit for a hundred dollars. What? I don't remember that. You don't. People were buying suits left and right. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. You don't remember that? Was it in? Like one of those, like right by the, like the massage place. So you know how you like walked out to get out where they checked our IDs to like get out of the sandbox at the very end. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was on that right hand side, the little a couple of cubicles. It was right across from the uh, Jersey store, uh, store where I got like all the I got probably like thirty knockoff jerseys for twenty bucks a piece of just everything. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That saved my Christmas, just buying all my family Ranger jerseys because <laughs> they fell off the freaking truck somewhere. Yeah, right. You're like, oh no, I got this. It's totally authentic. <laughs> the hockey jerseys were authentic. They got the back strap that you're that the NHLers got a strap to their uh the belt of their pants. Oh nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah but the names are like Lonkvist instead of Lunkist. <laughs> no, there's supposed <laughs> to be a Q in there. There's supposed to be a Q in that. You can't <laughs> disrespect him. They just retired his jersey. Don't you disrespect him like that? <laughs> you're the one that bought the disrespected jersey, not me. <laughs> I actually just no. I bought that for my sister because I mean, God, she's a Rangers fan and Lundqvist. He's a freaking gorgeous human being. So you disrespected your sister like that? Got no, it. John disrespected it. John disrespected my sister. Freaking uh, always saying he loves her all the time in freaking chats. She says she loves me. Uh huh. Sure. All right. Fair enough. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but coming back, if you were to go out in town and come back in, they had that. It was like an obstacle course. If they determined that you were too drunk they would make you walk back and forth in this like weird gated off area 
Do you guys remember that? Who did that? Who did that? I'm not saying I did it. Off to the left while you're walking back up the pier? No. So right when you got in. We never made people do that. Yes, we did. We 100%. We stood the watch that had to scan everybody's IDs. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that was definitely. We didn't make a drunk determination, did we? No, it was usually uh, E7 or above. I mean, we did that in Marseille. Then we kind of got screwed just because we were so efficient. We just watched. It definitely happened in, uh, in Dubai. right around the sandbox area i can't remember if it was right so once you come back in you go through like the tents where the cac scan is mm -hmm. like right after that or up by like you said up by the brow i don't remember which area it was but medical was there oh that's that's nice of them and medical was monitoring everybody and it was more like the chiefs were monitoring everybody and kind of making the determination if you've like walked it off and had enough water. So, oh, Joe, give me a break. Yeah, right. That's ridiculous. And it was mostly for the groups that had, they were supposed to have a sober Liberty buddy, but didn't. No. Oh, okay. Now I know why you got put in it. I didn't get put in it. Oh. I'm just saying I saw it. Know an awful lot about it. Because uh... I saw it happening and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> then I asked somebody about it. I'm like, what's going I'm on? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, 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 sure. John, we kind of yeah. became a little bit of famous after that port visit. We did. We, we really did. Um, we really we did. were the guys with the hats. Actually, I'm looking at mine right now. Yeah. Guys with the hats? Well, after Sunset Safari, they had to... They had the truck drivers and everything like that had to deflate the air to drive on the sand. Right. So they went... The best equivalent is just... a. Dubai truck stop. Nice. They all stopped there to put the air back in the tires. We all went in and everything like that. We found these just plaid knockoff cowboy hats. We're like, we're drunk. So we're like, yeah, let's go. Let's grab them. Nice. So we're just wearing them the whole time. And then, I mean, I just have the fantastic ability of meeting my superiors when I'm drunk because <laughs> my master chief is sitting there with CMC and he's like, DZ, get over here. What's going on, Master Chief? How you doing? You know, they're not officers, so you know what I mean? You don't have to yeah. go ahead and use your absolute fork and knife manners. Hold on. So for those who don't know, ACMC is a command Master Chief, so he's the Master Chief in charge of the boat. Yes, the highest enlisted. And then, I mean, my department Master Chief, he's just the highest enlisted in the department. They're like, what are you two wearing? <laughs> what, what are you two wearing? I was like, we. I explained them the story. They're kind of like... They know we're drunk and they're just trying to like do the responsible thing of trying to keep a straight face and everything like that. But they're basically holding their hands over their mouth. Jesus. Trying not to laugh. Exactly. They're just like, get out of here. <laughs> just just look, look, I'm looking at mine right now. I don't know if the audience can get an idea of what this is, but it's god awful stitching, giant X's around it. And this plaid he's talking about. Mine is light tan on a dark brown with black lines and orange and green stitching going through it it's terrible that sounds amazing i'm pretty sure mine had like brown and a little bit of black and then there's just like purple like random lines going through it it's ridiculous how do you know you're colorblind Oh, man, really? We got to go through that? You told me. <laughs> you told me. There we go. <laughs> you fucking told me, okay? You told me how it was. So also in the sandbox, do you guys remember the live bands? Yeah. Yeah. They had a DJ or a live band, depending on whatever the ship had booked. Yep. 
And then the Chiefs mess, it was either the first class and Chiefs or just Chiefs, had the $2 beer specials. There it is. Yeah, the, the Chiefs mess, I mean, yeah, that's a oh, tough freaking duty day for them. They went and volunteered to serve everybody drinks. Oh, my God. Right. So you could buy $2 beers or you could buy a $2 wine cooler that had more alcohol in it than the beer. Say wine cooler just because you drink White Claw and everything like that. It was a wine cooler. They were oh, red. stop. Very specific. True. White Claws didn't exist back then. They didn't. No, they really didn't. But you know what? I can see the transition. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like, oh my. Every All of us, when we're freaking under 21, trying to pay somebody outside the liquor store to get us Natty Light, you're trying to get us Bartles and James. B&J, dude. And I'm out here drinking hard liquor in the freaking bars with my boys. <laughs> Make sure it's the fruit punch one. Exactly. Exactly. So Russell, God rest his soul, is drinking those wine coolers all night. He's just sitting out in the whatever the DJ's playing and he's getting trashed with us. We're just pounding beers. Everybody's having a good time. You could buy cheap cigarettes in there. So like a pack of cigarettes was like a dollar ninety five or something like that. It was just ridiculously cheap. Yes, fantastic. For camels or whatever. Oh yeah. So yeah, they were like the light blue pack. They were camel lights, but they were in a light blue pack. It was weird. And you could buy cartons of them for nothing. So Russell's pounding these these drinks, and we all make it back on the ship at like 2 a.m. I think is when curfew was, or um, yeah, curfew was. So everybody goes back on the maybe for you. Yeah, it was. I don't remember. I don't remember. It was what, 12 o'clock for us. I was still at E4 at that time. E3, E4. No, you weren't. You are you kidding me? I met you as an E5. Was I? Yeah. Why are you questioning it? Like, was I? You damn well know you were an E5. I don't. I've been an E5 for so long. I just figured. Oh, yeah. So why would you ever think you were an E4? <laughs> because most of the times I remember in Dubai, it was an E4 and below. No. Nah. Not that deployment. Most of the time. Not when, not when we met with you, no. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, so he's pounding these drinks, whatever. We all make it up back to the ship. He's annihilated. We're all fucking drunk. We have to make it up the brow, show our IDs to get on the ship, sign in, do our whole fucking process or whatever, walk all the way down the hangar bay, and then in the AMD tunnel, and then down into the burning. It's like American Ninja Warrior, too, right? Like Navy Edition. <laughs> it really is. And then you have condensation, like, dripping in your eyes. Yes. Like, from the top, you have this rusty condensation. <laughs> so, anyway, he makes it all the way down into the birthing. You know, he gets to his rack. We lift him into his rack. Everything's fine. Everybody's asleep. And I think it's probably... Like just before cleaning stations or whatever. So it's like seven, six, six thirty or something like that. And you just hear somebody puking. Yurk's in the middle rack, Lab's on the bottom rack. I'm on the other side on the top rack. And then I forgot who the two below me were. Jackson and I was your bottom. Yeah. And then you were on the bottom. That's what it was. Yep. Because Jackson was in the middle. Yeah. Because he was always talking about you guys are the best people to live with. <laughs> Damn right. Because you guys, y'all are chill as shit. And we're like, yeah, we know. We don't give a fuck. There's a reason that us six are here. Was that Action Jackson? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's so. You just hear somebody like convulsing or whatever, like, and Russell's just puking like all over his rack. And he's filling the tray of his rack that his mattress is sitting in oh. with this red daiquiri wine cooler, whatever you want to call it. Oh, no. And then it starts overflowing yeah. out of the tray. Oh, no. <laughs> it is like hitting the floor at like terminal speeds, dude. <laughs> it's just like, and when it hits, it's like splashing back into like Lab's rack. And Lab's like, what the fuck? And you know, the curtains are there and they're like, it's 
hot so he has like his curtains cracked over he's getting splashed with like red puke oh my <laughs> and it God. just looks like a curtain waterfall of just this wine cooler shit just pouring out of the top rack and you just hear russell just like <laughs> he's just puking and puking we're like dude are you all right <laughs> We thought somebody died. It was like the consistency of blood. Like it was so bad. And it's it was probably mixed with that whole porch visit was a gong show. And it stunk. It was so bad. I walked back like just hopping out of my rack, just hung over, trying to just rock the morning piss. And I'm just not even just realizing what's going on. And then all of a sudden I'm just shuffling, rubbing the sleep out of my eyes. I hit a bed. I'm like, what the hell is this? I look down. There's a freaking 10-inch circular shit mark (laughs) on the mattress in the middle of the floor. I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Oh. (laughs) Like, I don't even know if it might have been the homeboy. Did you... Do you know about this, Andy, about the kid that tried stealing the shit truck? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy was a hero. Yeah, he tried to like get away from the boat, and he stole a, uh, a septic truck. <laughs> he, said, he said he was going to the airport, and he was going to fly home. He was on the boat for two weeks. He missed his mom. Trying to hook up a freaking septic truck. It's still hooked up to the pier. The guy gets in it, tries driving off, and doesn't know how to drive a stick. So he's going to drive drunk through Dubai in a freaking sewer truck to go to the airport to fly home. No GPS. No idea where he is. Nothing. Nothing. No clue. Savage. Just a hope and a prayer. This guy's a legend. That is savage. Really was. Actually, good on the good on the Navy for not kicking him out. They did? No, they kept him. Holy shit. Yeah. I think that might have been the last time the Navy actually hooked somebody up. Well, no, because when I first got to the, my first boat, the CO had, a kid had gotten a DUI, and the CO basically bust him down a rank, but kept him in. Yeah. That was the biggest hookup. The weirdest part of the Navy is the double punishment. Like, the amount of times I've seen it happen where it's like you get fucked by the Navy, and then you get fucked by the civilians, and you're just like, all right, guys, pick one. That sucks. Like, depending on what it is, obviously, but like... I mean, I've been through that process personally. I mean, actually, I've been through that process both sides where I saw where you're not getting in trouble when you are getting in trouble. But, I mean, it does suck, but I feel like we're just shitting on the Navy and everything like that when it's actually just... It's not bad. It's really not. Nah. I thoroughly enjoy my choice coming in. Yeah. I have bad days, for sure, but they're just days, right? Like, I have great days. And I get to do a lot of cool shit, and I get to see a lot of cool shit, and I do a lot of fun stuff. I mean, especially where I'm working now, but I don't think I can say overall it's been a bad experience. It's just a lot. You don't have, I mean, take a civilian organization, for example. You don't have the manpower to do what needs to be done. Yeah. And they don't fix it. They just kind of say, make it work. So here you are with not enough people, not enough resources with the same job. It definitely is weird now having stepped on the civilian side after coming off of, you know, over a decade of active duty, ship to ship to ship to ship to shore, you know, like just constantly moving all the time. And then I'm like, I have one job as a civilian and I have a contract, specific contract that tells exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And like no more, no less. It is to the T. I'm like, holy shit. Because like today, for example, when I was at work, they were sweeping and swabbing, you know, all the floors or whatever in the building where I work. And it's all the like active guard people that are there. I felt obligated. I'm like, dude, do I get up and help? 
Like, <laughs> you know, like that whole, like, dude, if I don't, you know, get up and help, I was actively doing something that is my job related while, while it was happening, but I could hear it going on in the background hall. And I'm just like, fuck, am I supposed to be there? Like, is this cleaning quarters? Like, do I need to stop doing what I'm doing? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, do I stop? I mean, am I going to get yelled at? How commence Eisenhower cleaning hour? Oh God. Power hour. Oh, Power God. hour. There it is. I never did that anyway. I, I never did that anyway. You just pick a spot. And you just rub it. That's fair. Andy is my first boss, man. <laughs> Give it. He would just come to me. Like, we would just let it ride. Like you just said, Ralph, we wouldn't do anything. We would just let it ride, let it ride, let it ride. And then finally somebody would say something to him. And yeah. like the bells would go <laughs> off or whatever. And Andy would just come to my office. And he looked more disappointed than I was ever going to be, right? So and so just said something. We got to go do this. I'd be like, all right, man, let's go. But Andy's hey, dude. <laughs> like, what's going on? It's definitely one of those things. Like, we wouldn't just go actively do it. I mean, if somebody told us to go do it, I'm like, okay, we'll do it. But look, if somebody's not going to say something when I don't do it, I'm not going to volunteer myself to go and do it. Right. My biggest thing, I don't have a problem delegating legitimate work. Right. But like, I have a problem going in and being like, hey, man, like, we got to take care of this. It's stupid. Yeah, I know, but we got to take care of it. But like a lot of times it would be like, I'm not going to say names, but so-and-so would come in and be like, hey, you need to get your people to go and do this. Like, for what? Yeah, exactly. Like, you could have just come, you could have just come in here and been like, hey, this needs to get done. You didn't have to specify your people. You could have just been like, hey, this needs to get done. All right. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I have a big problem with the person that I'm working for directly. Andy, you actually know this person. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's never what this person wants. It's how it's delivered. And I see it running, you know, rampant. And um, my best work friend, my counterpart, same rate, same rank. He sees it too. And talk about the most positive, go lucky guy. Honestly, never really heard him say a bad thing about anybody. But he he's over it. And he'll say the same thing it's it's not what you're asking it's how you deliver it right like there's no reason to come off the top rope like things aren't getting done and like there's no reason to stomp your foot when it's the first time you're asking for something right and there's also like a pattern right so like if you constantly are are hounding people like you this you that you this you that they're eventually just gonna stop functioning the way that you need them to like, okay, cool. Let's say you have maintenance, right? And the maintenance is it's getting done, but it's not getting done at the rate in which that it should be. But if you're constantly like, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Like you need to be doing this better. You need to be doing that better. You need to tell your people you need to do this. Eventually you're just going to be like, fuck it. I'm just not doing maintenance anymore. Andy, what's maintenance? Where you on maintenance would be. Damn. I'm work center soup called man. <laughs> I was an operations specialist. We had valves. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. You literally just clean a valve off and make sure it functions correctly, and that's it. I had the uh, the one thing I had to do a PMS check on in my office, the uh, fire extinguisher. Oh, to make sure that the date was correct <laughs> on the card? Yeah, that was my work center soup checkout thing. I sound like such a freaking just lowly scumbag, but I don't even own my office. Other people just came and did the maintenance on all the shit in their tail. It's so bad. It's the best way to live. I mean, yeah, if you can swing it, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's the 
best way to look. I don't understand it why some people have to just go micromanage. They're just whole everything. I mean, they're bored. I'm, I'm in a no. I'm in a leadership position. I have a lot of shit to deal with and everything. But you give the baseline for what you need from your guys, and then me, I'm just like, go do it. Right. I get briefed on every. I get briefed on a bunch of crap. Like, oh, I did this. I was like, my favorite thing. I tell my guys, don't tell me the details. Tell me when they're fucking done. Right. Do it how you want. You're in charge of your stuff. It's your stuff. I don't want to have to micromanage you. That's huge. Just do it. Do it. Do it right. And then that way, I don't have to check you. I don't have time to micromanage people. And if I have to, I'm going to be a prick about it because I have to micromanage you. And it's inconvenient to me, so it's like I'm going to inconvenience you. So go ahead and just do your job. Like, there's not enough giving leeway. And that works well at our rate, too, right? Because we're going to see it anyways. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going to see all their work anyways, but it's just like, no, no, do how you want it. Yeah. Every time, like, hey, I kind of want to do Okay, do it. Go do it. You two come up with a plan and tell me. Right. Oh, that's my biggest thing. I mean, I got this the E2 working for me right now, right? The Seaman Apprentice. Yeah. And he's like, hey, why can't I just do it this way? And I'm like, dude, I don't care. If you get it done, you get it done right, you get it done well, and you get it done on time, do it any way you feel fit. You know, like any way you see fit. Yeah, you give me a product. I mean, okay, I'm going to give you some constructive criticism if stuff is wrong. But I mean, not everybody freaking functions the way you do. So maybe there's a better way to do it. Or maybe there's an easier way in their eyes that they do it that they're more comfortable with. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Well, I don't want to be in other people's business. I got enough problems. That's a huge downfall, downside of the Navy, right? Right there is like people are so abrasive to change. This is the way it's always been done that you can get an e2 in your office that could come and totally make things better right make things more efficient but i want to say it's probably more the older generation i feel like a lot of our generation is open to that change and making processes better because we've seen it and we want it fixed right but we have to clear that stuff above us which is the guys that have been in longer the guys who say well this is the way we've always done and i think in order for us to stay relevant ready and relevant right and fight the near peer fight in the future you got to be open to those changes and suggestions and taking in what really anybody has to say if you think it can improve your processes what's the old uh, old saying hundreds of years of tradition untouched by progress yeah thousand percent yeah it's painful the problem is like an older generation of leadership though feels like attacked almost essentially this is not speaking for everyone this is just like a generalized statement but like this is what i've seen is when you've been around for you know say you're at your 19 20 22 year mark or whatever and some young buck comes in you know five years into the military and they're like hey this is a better process this is a better way of doing it it's quicker it's more efficient it's you know cost less money x y and z they don't want to open up to that idea unless it's theirs right because then they lose their relevancy right and you're like okay it's kind of a good translation but a little bit of hockey like ovechkin he's going for the all-time goal record right now Wayne Gretzky has always said, who holds the record, oh, I want him to break it. I'll be there every step of the way. If I got to travel 10 cities for 10 games to see him break it so I can give him a handshake and say, congratulations, I'll do it. That's what you need to do. I mean, we're always taught you have to work and train yourself, perform your leadership so you can take their job because that's how the organization grows. Right. People sometimes forget that. Like a guy that 
all three of us, you two have worked for, and I know really well. He just said, by the time I made E6, my eval is not driven by me. It's driven by my guys. And since then, it's up. So when your whole department or division succeeds, you're going to succeed. So I'm just, a lot of people just don't want to empower the lower ranks or even the same rank Facts. exactly it's simple that's just simple you give people a little bit of license and leeway and also to make mistakes how are you going to learn something if you're not making a mistake yeah i know exactly i mean you remember your mistakes more than your successes i mean i had a group of 80 evals i messed up on i remember that more than the bunch of other groups that i did perfectly i remember that because i'm like oh shit i'm not gonna make that mistake again i was just gonna say you check for that every single time now exactly it's embarrassing because you're supposed to be a subject matter expert especially at our rank and then oh no i made this kind of simple mistake yeah yeah, yeah. just kidding <laughs> Yeah, my bad. Another situation that I've I've noticed in the past, like especially with my rate, it's very difficult to advance. It took me mm, about eight years to go from E5 D6. It's difficult to advance in that portion. It's not in the rest of them. Right, right. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, neither here nor there. So to make E6 in my rate is very difficult. It's dropped down to single percentage. You know, it's one percent whatever locked up one year didn't it yeah a couple times <laughs> yeah and then now they've you know whatever with the meritorious advancement quota numbers are included in the percentages so the percentage that you're seeing like this last the cycle i made it off was five percent but if you subtract everybody off of they got mapped it was like 2.7 percent or so 2.5 percent or something like that uh, not a big deal let's go superstar yeah yeah crazy right still made it let's go what's up and I made it off the exam. That's the best part about it is I've had people, I've had OS1s very specifically. There's a few out there who are, are a special kind of breed where they're just smart and they just couldn't advance. And that's just life. But there are a lot of them who are capped, right? When the cap program, the command advancement program, or are capped with the recruiting command advancement, mm -hmm. when those programs were around, they made OS1 off that. And they're like, yeah, I made it in you know a couple of years. And they try to order people around and boss people around and then when they talk about you know knowing the rate and stuff like that and they're like well you just got to study for the test and then you'll make it and i'm like you didn't make it off the test somebody gave you your rank that's a big problem with how some of the advancement has gone too it's just because evals are starting to weigh heavy and our eval system's a joke it kind of goes and based off bake sales right how many bake sales you've done what have you done what have you done You'll get that one bullet out of three about your main job, and it's hard in 18 lines to explain how, or just in the 18 lines, your job, you're phenomenal at your job. Oh, no, you got to volunteer for this. You got to volunteer for that. I'm sorry. I volunteered to freaking serve in the military. That's enough volunteer work for me. Fuck off. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this new eval system plays out. But before we dive deep into that, I'm actually going to call it here for this episode. Thank you all for coming out and joining us for episode three. John, Ralph, thank you for being my guests today. I'm going to have to bring you guys back individually sometime so that we can bullshit some more. Andy, thanks for having me. This is a blast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime you want us here, you know we'll be here. Absolutely. John, enjoy your move. I know you're going pretty far away. Yeah, sunny San Diego. We will miss you on this coast. I know Ralph especially will. Since you guys were four feet from each other. He's got big boo-goo bucks, man. He can fly out to see me. Yeah, there it is. Where's that? <laughs> Make the same amount. <laughs>
Did Bitcoin just go up that I don't know that I have? Actually, I think it just went down. Oh, I'm pretty sure it just tanked, so. Yeah. After that mention. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Again. <laughs> if I have that type of power, oh my god. Right. I feel like Biff and uh, Back to the Future 2 just getting the sports almanac. Let's go. Right. On that note, all right. Thanks again, everybody, for coming out and enjoying the uh, the podcast. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in to the Keep It Moving podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Keep It Moving underscore podcast to keep up with the latest topics.